Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors beneath crystal chandeliers and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue with all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way. The Gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. My name's Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. As the storm surges around me in the northwest of the UK today, I thought I'd bring you some cryptid reports from around the world and suggest a possible theory for some of them. Bear with me and I'll explain. Some of the questions I am most often asked when I do podcasts or interviews are, how many types of dogmen are there? And what are the four types of Sasquatch? And what species genome are they? And the honest answer is, I don't know. I know the theories, like the back of my hand. I've studied them for decades. Yet even after all that study, I have no definitive answer. I'm still searching for an answer to those questions. Even after decades of study, I refuse to settle on one theory. As I know eventually, my thoughts will change. Investigation work is not a straight line from A to B. It's the windiest road in the universe, with false signs, booby traps and promises of answers just around the next bend. Recently, I was lucky enough to find a theory that I didn't know or even understand. It was new. I was presented with it by a long-term listener who does know his stuff when it comes to cryptids, and he pointed me in a direction that I've not been before. I'll start at the beginning and explain as I go. Tonight, I want to put aside anything other than the flesh and blood theory. So for content's sake, we will refer to the cryptids in a corporeal way, as in a living, breathing animal not known to science. I think we would all agree that Sasquatch and Dogman are two very different species. The descriptions are different and separate and easy to tell apart. Sadly, after speaking to thousands of witnesses, you realise the facial and body descriptions do fall into a number of categories. We have the North American Sasquatch, the caveman or Neanderthal, and the smaller, more human-looking types, often referred to as skunk apes or grassman, wild men. And then there are the boom-faced types, stigma, and I'll explain some of the examples. 
So, for example, we have the North American Sasquatch. We would say, like Patty from the film, over nine feet tall, thick at the shoulders, big and bulky, long arms that come to the middle of the thigh. Although they move fluidly and silently, they're often described as giants, usually with a hair-free, gorilla or chimp-like face. They are said to leave behind large, wide-heeled footprints. They're said to have a cone or conical-shaped head. They have thick buttocks, thick thigh muscles, dark eyes with very little white, bipedal or quadrupedal movement when they are seen walking or down on all fours. An example from Canada. I'm a tracker and I had a strange encounter in late October of 92 in the Honeymoon Lake, Alberta area. It was late in the afternoon when this happened, after a day at Banth with friends. I was heading back up to Jasper on Highway 93. I decided to take a spontaneous solo hike and I turned onto a service road with a large 10 metre high dirt mound at the end of the road. I parked on the road and proceeded to climb over the mound and I began hiking counterclockwise around the shore. Everything was going well until I reached the opposite side of the lake and the furthest point from my Honda. And at that point, I started hearing twig snaps and footfall crunches that paralleled my position just inside the tree line, about 20 metres away. The sound continued to follow me and it stopped when I stopped. The trees were so thick I couldn't see my shadow, but I could hear it. So I continued on my way while resisting the strong urge to run and I kept up a steady pace which was easily matched. Finally I was back at the mound and I climbed up and over. I went straight down to my car. I unlocked my door, got into the driver's seat and closed the door behind me. I bent down to look up at the top of the mound through the front windshield and I couldn't believe what I was looking at. What I saw was incredible. A large dark creature was watching me. It had an ape-like flat face and there was black brown hair on its head and it had big dark eyes and it just stayed there watching me. After eye contact between us that lasted only a second or two, it seemed like an eternity at the time, the creature turned and disappeared behind the mound. I started my car and drove back to the JPL resort. I don't remember much after that head disappeared because I was in a daze. Apparently, almost exactly the same encounter happened to a female hiker in the same area a year later, except this time it followed her right into the parking lot and she saw it in a mirror and was horrified at the size of it. She said it was around 9 to 10 feet tall and it looked even bigger than Patty, the famous video that shows a Sasquatch. A report in the UK also talks about this same flat face. Myself and my wife saw something really strange on the edge of Exmoor about 27 years ago now. And even with my knowledge of cryptids, we still haven't been able to explain what we saw. These animals, for want of a better word, walked across the road in front of our car. They were down on all fours and they were a sandy colour and they were huge. They were really big and bushy round about the shoulders. They resembled hyenas maybe, but even that doesn't fit. These things were much bigger 
It wasn't a big cat or a wolf. I didn't get a good look at the face, but there didn't seem to be any muzzle or snout. The face seemed flat. And at first sight, I thought they were lions. But when I thought about it, they were totally different. There was no tail, no muzzle, no mane as such. And a really weird, flat, human-like face. They didn't resemble a cat or a dog, to be honest. The size stood out to me as they were really big. They were just huge, in fact. I was driving at the time from Bampton, December 95. I stopped the car. I looked back but they were gone. They just walked right across the road in front of us. They didn't show any fear and we just looked at each other and we both said at the same time, did you see that? Tam. A retired policeman and the family also saw a Bigfoot that fitted the description of Pate in Wisconsin. A family of three reported an experience after they came upon a two-legged hairy creature. The man reported the sighting is a retired police officer. Says he, his brother and sister, were driving on a back road near Tripoli, Wisconsin, when they observed the unusual being on the 7th of July 2019. He stated, The day was clear and cool. We were travelling approximately 10 to 15 miles an hour in a Chevy Suburban. I was looking out across the clearing when I saw a large reddish-brown upright figure running along the edge of the trees in the distance. The creature I saw was hunched over and it was too big to be a deer and it didn't have the proper height or gait to be a bear. When he returned to ask his brother and his sister what they'd seen, they also confirmed the sighting. His brother described the being as six feet tall Hair, a reddish fit. Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors beneath crystal chandeliers and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue with all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way. The Gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at the Gala 417. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bigger, with no muzzle or neck. And he said that the trees moved aside the creature as if it was pushing its way into the woods. Now, I'll give you some examples of the caveman or Neanderthal description. Now, we're kind of using that as an, an umbrella to cover 
lots and lots of different types of reports, but usually the word Neanderthal, troglodyte, wild man, more human than ape, less hairier, shorter in height, smaller in stature. The body's less hairy, as I said, and you can, sometimes skin is seen. They have a more human-looking profile, a human-type foot, although bigger than a human male. They have a pronounced brow ridge, often described, as I said, as troglodyte in appearance or Neanderthal in appearance. I would even suggest we look at some other hominids like Idlebegensis, Agaster. There are quite a few of them out there that would fit for this type of figure that is being seen. They are more athletically built. So they have like a human eye, human teeth. Bipedal, quadrupedal, once again, they are seen down on all fours or up on two feet. Now, a good example of this in the UK is a wild man that was captured in 1948 while working as a nurse at the Royal Western Counties Hospital in Devonshire in 82. Jonathan Downs was told a strange tale by one of the staff doctors who at the time was on approaching retirement. According to the doctor, he'd been on duty one morning in the winter of 1948 when he received several unusual telephone calls from local officials, all informing him in a distinct manner that a highly dangerous patient who'd been captured on the wilds of Dartmoor would be brought to the hospital within the next hour. The patient would require a specialist care team and an isolated room well away from others. The doctor arranged this and awaited his patient's arrival. Within 45 minutes or so, a police van arrived at the hospital and backed right up to a side door. Seven policemen jumped out of the vehicle while simultaneously trying to hang on to what the doctor said resembled a hair-covered caveman. The policemen dragged the creature along the hospital corridors and into the already prepared isolation room. The door was quickly slammed shut behind it. The beast, as it was described, stood slightly over six feet in height and was completely naked. It had a heavy brow, a wide nose and very muscular arms and legs. In addition, it was covered with an excessive amount of body hair that enveloped its whole body, apart from the palms of its hands and the soles of its feet and its face. And this wildman had a head of long, matted hair. Over the course of the next three days, telephone calls bombarded the hospital from the police, the Lord Lieutenant of the County and the Home Office in London. Then came the news that the man-beast was being transferred to a secure location in London for examination. Again, late at night, the creature was removed from the hospital by the same group of policemen. This time, however, they succeeded in holding this thing down long enough for it to be heavily sedated by the doctor. Whereupon it was tied with powerful straps to a stretcher and loaded again into a police wagon with an unidentified doctor in attendance for the journey that lay ahead. And less than 20 minutes after they'd arrived, the police departed into the night and the creature was gone forever. The Bilagora Hairy Woman, Croatia. During the cold winter months, two brothers slept together in a warm stable. And in the middle of the night, one brother woke when he felt as if there was someone suddenly lying between him and his brother. And when he reached out and touched, it felt hairy and warm. So at first, he thought it was their dog. And then, 
slightly brushing against a female breast, made him realise that it was a hairy woman. Suddenly frightened, he called his brother, and a hairy female quickly made for the door, and the two brothers followed her out into the courtyard. She was much quicker than they were, and she jumped the fence into the garden and onto the woods, and she was gone. The deep snow forced the brothers to give up their chase, but they saw the woman quite clearly in the moonlight. In Croatia, she is known as Vodbeza, or a wild woman, and it was Vodbeza, one of the hairy beings, somewhat lower than humans as thought to be in Croatia, who live out in the woods. Later, when they told their father about the incident, he expressed little surprise. He said it was common for the wild ancient people to warm themselves beside humans during the cold winters. The short statured of advisor women wore no clothes. She was, however, covered with long, thick hair. The wild people had short hair on their heads and almost a fringe of a beard under their chin. Their naked faces showed a prominent brow ridge, a large nose, a full and wide mouth with deep set eyes. They had short legs and long arms, but their hands and feet were clearly hominid. Though generally timid, they sometimes ventured into human territory when they were hungry, sick or cold. Now we go to America and it was big and hairy. 1977, Wantage, New Jersey. The Sykes family made a report after they were disturbed at their home by something that had broken into their barn and crushed several of their rabbits to death. Knowing this was not the work of a wild animal, the family decided to keep watch in the hopes of catching the culprit. They didn't have to wait long as the predator returned at the same night and the sight saw it clearly. It was standing in their well-lit yard. It was big and it was hairy, Mrs. Sight said, and it was brown in colour. It looked like an ancient human with a beard and a moustache. It didn't have much of a neck. It looked like its head was just sitting on its shoulders. When the sight's dog attacked the creature, the creature effortlessly swatted the dog away, sending it flying about 20 feet. And on subsequent nights, the creature was seen several more times by the sights. That must have been absolutely terrifying. I wonder if that's still going on. Now, as you said, as I said earlier, we have the wild apes and primates um, theory that Sasquatch, uh, big dog men or whatever name you want to give them, are just basically unidentified natural animals that we don't know about. So normally the range in height is from four to about six feet. I mean, in averages, I'm just generalising. They tend to have a thick body, thick legs, completely hair-covered, canine fangs, so no human teeth, no whites to the eyes, and a very thick, pronounced brow ridge. Square and squat body shape, often described as hunched, they are also bipedal and quadrupedal. They're said to be tall and slender and covered everywhere, face and body, with hair, with a distinct snout or dog-like features, often described as baboon-like, so bipedal and quadrupedal. Often witnesses will refer to them as gorilla-like, ape-like, baboon-like, chimp-like, so no human Man, the word man's not used, the word human's not used, it's always an animal-like. An example of that, a famous one, would be the Beast of Seven Shoes, 
um, in Quebec in 2005. The photograph that you're seeing now is of a creature of an unknown species standing beside a waterfall in a park called Park Deceptions in Quebec. The creature appears to be holding something and it's staring at the photographer who didn't notice it. The creature does not match the description of the legendary Bigfoot. Bigfoot's usually described as being a massive creature, you know, that resembles a human. Bigfoot is also described as having a conical-shaped head and a human-looking flat face. The creature in the photograph has several unique physical attributes that differentiate it from the typical Bigfoot sighting. The creature's erect, so not crouching, standing on two legs, appears to be between five and six feet tall. It has an elongated snout that appears to be baboon-like, as well as silver hair on its head reaching to its shoulders. The creature's body is black and the left arm is visibly bent at the elbow. And remarkably, it looks like the creature's holding a small white animal or dog. Based on the red area that looks like blood on the creature's head, it may have been feeding on the dog. The creature has a strange baboon-shaped head and unlike most cryptids who retreat when seen, this creature is holding its ground and staring aggressively and directly at the photographer. But the most striking feature, according to the account of the witness, is the elongated muzzle with large protruding canine and pointed incisors. And I think that's important. That's very different from the reports that we hear from the cavemen or the, you know, the Bigfoot type creature Sasquatch. The witness said the head has a moderately long mane that appears to obscure its ears and a coat of hair on the arms and legs and body is somewhat uniform and consists of stiff bristles about an inch and a half long, judging from proportions. Now, the person who took the photo lives in Quebec, about 15 minutes from where the photograph was taken. He speaks French and works as a driver for a construction company and he wishes to remain anonymous. He was sightseeing alone in the park um, and he took a number of photographs. He said it was about 90 degrees that day. He didn't notice the subject or anything out of the ordinary while he was walking around the park taking pictures. The camera was a Canon A70 and he was looking through the photos at home the same day and was surprised to see the subject creature standing in the woods looking up at him. He's since been back to the area three times, taking photos and videos on each occasion. He was back on July the 4th of that year. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers? Or the DMV? Or house cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and he was spooked when he heard something walking in the woods about 20 to 30 feet away from him. 
he stated that he probably will not be going back there alone. In some of the later photographs he took, he and his girlfriend stand where the subject was and he stood where he initially was and took the photos to get a sense of size and scale. Sadly, these comparison photographs are not available online anywhere I've looked. If you know where I can find them or know anything about them, I would love it if you got in touch. In the UK, we have the famous case of the Eildon baboon, that happened in 2011. And on the 19th of May that year, a lorry driver whose route took him through Thetford Forest reported seeing a hairy, light grey creature, which was down on all fours, moving through the grass about 90 metres away from him. The driver could see the creature had forward-facing eyes. It had a long baboonish snout. It had upright hairs on the head. And the creature then stood on its hind legs and approached the driver. And it was moving like an ape before it dropped down, once again to all fours, and was last seen running off, peering over its shoulder as it left. I've taken many reports where the witnesses have described a, it was very gorilla-like, it was down in a gorilla stance, it was doing that swaying from, you know, arm to arm that gorilla does. It was peeping at me from around a train, it had a face like a gorilla, or it looked like a balloon, uh, a baboon, it had quite a long tail and it stood up on two legs and walked. It's quite normal um, that those reports come in in every country of the world. And then we have the dreaded canine cryptids who also fall into one or two camps. You have your typical hammer house of horror, werewolf or dogman. So you've got pointed ears on its head, paws, dog legs, sometimes said to look back to front, snout and a tail, a dog's nose, yellow or red eyes, thin and a dog-like body, often seen bipedal or quadrupedal. A Nottingham werewolf, 1994. I wanted to contact you, Deborah, as I've carried this with me for decades. And when I've tried to share it, I've never believed. It happened close to the Harvey Haddon Stadium in Bilbra, Nottingham. The area's changed a lot over the years, as it's been built on now. But at the time, it was all open fields and a nice place to be. It happened about 27 years ago now. I live in Nottingham, and I'm very open-minded. Back then, I was going out with a girl, and I always walked her home at night. We'd walk along a path and then we'd always walk down a long cut through. We did the same walk every time. We never had any problems. Until one night, I'd walked her home and I was returning to my home for the night. I'm not the sort of person who scares easily, but this changed my perspective on things after it happened and I've never been able to forget it. I was going through the cut through, just minding my own business, and I heard blood curdling growl I just froze I was so scared and then I turned around and I couldn't believe what I saw this thing I was looking at was about seven feet tall with a heavy build and black fur all over its body now I'm six foot eight and I'm scared of no man but this thing scared the living hell out of me I started to back up bit by bit and it just stood there and looked at me and then it started to come towards me and I just ran. I ran like mad. I don't think I have ever run that fast in my life before or since. I knew it was behind me all the way. I could hear it. I could hear it breathing and I could hear it running. How I managed to get home, I will never know. But somehow I did. I came flying through the front door. 
and I was as white as a ghost. And my dad asked me, what's happened? And when I told him, he said, oh, it's just the dark playing tricks on your eyes. After about a week or so of him saying that, I thought he was probably right, so I just left it. I was so wrong, though. A year or so later, I'm walking over the place with my girlfriend's brother. It's a foggy night, and we're just walking along, and out of the blue, he says, What's that? I couldn't see anything. And I said, What are you on about? And then he pointed at this crouch thing. I could literally not believe my eyes. It was moving through the fog swiftly, and then it stopped. And that's when I heard that growl again. And we both set off running. We ran like mad. I couldn't believe it the first time I saw it. And I had to convince myself it was a darkness playing tricks, but not the second time. How do I explain that away? Who can explain it to me as it feels like no one can? I believe what I saw ever since that night. I've never walked that way again. And we have never talked about it. I have never talked to the lad, not even when I see him now. And I still think about those nights to this day. It still scares me that much. I'm not nuts and I know no one will believe me, but I saw a werewolf and I will go under a lie detector test if you could arrange it for me, Deb, to prove that I'm not lying. The creature that I saw was crouched over on all fours and it was still huge, at least five feet high. And if it had stood up to its full height, I think it would have been about seven foot tall. It was very broad across the chest. The width of this thing was bigger than mine, and I have a 15-inch chest. It was massive and all black in colour with longish arms, and it was very dark and hair-covered. But I'm sure it had a dog's head. I do remember its eyes. I will never forget them. All the colour as they were yellowish. And to be honest, I was so terrified, I don't think I will ever forget that night. Melissa H, who lives in Alaska, in the Manatuska Valley County, Alaska, was on her way home from work in the early hours of the morning. The route she was on was the northernmost section of Trunk Road between the towns of Palmer and Wasilla. She's meandering through about 100 miles of frigid wilderness where one can drive all night and not see another car. At the time, she'd been about 10 minutes from home, about 2am on a cold October night, 1998. She was taking things slow, out of wariness due to the ice on the road. And at one point, she saw a tall, very dark figure. She at first thought it to be a moose, but as she slowed down and drew closer, she could see that it was in fact standing up on two legs. And she could also see it was too slim to be a bear and it had spikes running down its neck and its back. She said, I could clearly see its wolfish muzzle. It was large, it had upright ears. The spikes on the back of its neck were in fact clumps of fur. Its spine curved in a smooth, very natural looking way and it was standing in the ditch inches from the pavement. Because I was focused on its upper body, I don't recall anything about its back legs or if it had a tail. I did see its front legs though. They were very dog-like. They were kind of hanging awkwardly down and slight forward its front, like a dog would if it was begging. While it clearly had a canine look, 
there was still something off about it that I cannot articulate. I stepped on the brakes, intending to stop and examine it closely, and then it turned its head towards me. And in the tiny fraction of a second that it took for it to swivel its head, I knew I'd made a terrible mistake. The fluidness of its movement removed any and all doubt that this was some kind of prop, someone playing a prank. It was horribly, terrifyingly alive. The pale off-white glow of its eye shine in the headlights destroyed any possibility of a human in a costume. I think I sat there just gaping at it in shock for a few seconds and the car barely moved by now but I'm still inching closer. As I was almost upon it, I think I could have leaned forward and touched it if I'd wanted to. I had to look up to see its face. I'm 5'4", and it was a hell of a lot taller than me. Tall, like a polar bear standing up, like seven, eight feet. I really can't say. I snapped out of my trance, I slammed on the gas, the car fishtailed, and I prepared myself for death by monster as I was certain I would end up in the ditch. But the tyres caught the pavement somehow, and I drove like a complete maniac all the way home, and I never looked back. Then we have the wolf-headed men. They have a human-type body that's hair-covered, no ears on top of the head, no tail. They have hands and feet rather than paws a wolf-like face, often said to be bipedal and quadrupedal. Like the Scottish wolver, the Cynocephali, the Benedanta, St Christopher was said to be a dog-headed man. You will often see them in robes, um, depicted as quite holy. Here's an example. I thought it was a tree stump. Jura, France. And this is Evie's account. I've always loved nature, fields and forests since my childhood. I always went into the woods a lot. But one time, a few years ago, has made me very, very wary about entering the woods alone now. One morning, I arrived early and I got on the trail I knew well. I saw a black mass at the end of the trail and I thought it was a tree stump. I continued to search for mushroom and gradually moved closer to the tree stump. And when I looked up, my heart started thumping so hard, I felt like I'd hear it outside my chest. I do not understand what I had in front of me, but what I was seeing with my own eyes had to be impossible. Imagine a hair-covered human being squatting with a wolf's head on their chest, sleeping. But it wasn't a human being. It was covered with black hairs everywhere, and it wasn't a boar. And it wasn't a badger. I don't understand what it was. And especially as I'd never felt such a feeling of panic in my life. I started backing up, praying that this creature would not wake up. And I ran away without turning around. I really want to know what he is, but I'm scared to go back. Yet at no time did he show any aggression towards me. I still fear him. The dog-headed men, Blackstone Edge. Hi Deb, I just had to tell you about a conversation I had last night when I was talking to my sister as I sent her some transcripts of your encounter stories a couple of weeks ago now, which she seemed to have prodded her memory. 
My sister's always been a bit of a world traveller. And when she was in England about 40 years ago, she was talking to our grandmother, our mother's mother. And her grand told her about her friend who met the wolf-headed man. You could have knocked me down with a feather when she explained that what Gran had said. At last, someone in my family who wouldn't think that I was a raving lunar. They all smile when I try to talk about our subject. But I know that what they're thinking. Honestly, I think there are thousands of us out there who get the same reaction from family and friends and work colleagues. And that's if you're brave enough to bring up the subject. Unfortunately, this meeting could have been as far back as 100 years or more or so, Deb, so I don't have a specific time frame. My grandma was in her 80s when she shared the account, so it could have been before World War I. My sister doesn't have any more details after so much time has passed, but we came from Rochdale originally before we moved out to Australia, so that's possibly where the encounter took place. I do wonder, as my mother said, she spent a lot of time up on Blackstone Edge where the wolf-headed men were seen. I wonder if she was looking for her own encounter. Well, I think we've covered all the normals there. You know, we've covered most of the descriptions we hear often, put them into neat little compartments. The problem is, we have far more descriptions of creatures that do not fit these standard moulds. They have some of the characteristics but have never been considered, as far I'm aware, to completely fit. We hear of short, snouted creatures with eyes that bulge, thin bodies, and descriptions that do not fit with any known cryptid, or at least that's what I used to think. When I was discussing this with a fellow questioner, he raised the question, could some of these categories be misidentified creatures? Rather than a human who is bitten and turns into a werewolf on the next new moon, or a human-dog hybrid, have we considered an ancient creature that could still be alive and living alongside us to this day? And that's where the name, the giant Adarpis, first cropped up for me. In a similar way that some researchers feel that Sasquatch is a descendant of Gigantopithecus blackhead, one of the original giant apes, the Adarpis are also an ancient giant creature that walks upright at times and also on all fours. They have thinner arms and legs and a sagittal crest. The face is flat and lemur-like. They inhabit the globe and once walked here in Europe. The family Adarpe inhabited Western Europe during the latter half of the Eocene period, although it is thought that the species originated in Asia. The DNA is only 7% different than ours. Adarpy farms inhabit forested environments and were probably mostly active during the daytime, but they are considered diurnal. Um, that's what I believe Sasquatch does. Over generations, the species became fitter and added more body mass because they would hunt at dawn and dusk. They grew larger and fitter, and as body mass increases, Metabolic rate slows, making it more likely that an animal such as an adarpis could subsist on a diet of just fruit and leaves alone. Most adarpis have sharply crested teeth that are specialised for eating vegetation. The skulls bear a large sagittal and nuchal crest, which would have enabled massive, powerful, repetitive dewing muscles. We hear all of these traits when we discuss the North American Sasquatch, the diurnal habit of hunting at dawn and dusk, 
the large surgical crest is referred to as domed. The head is the shape to allow for the huge chewing muscles needed for such a diet. They have large eye sockets and orbital crests. A recent study by Dr. Melba Ketchum revealed 111 Sasquatch samples were examined and a number of them had an unknown male contributor. Dr. Ketchum suggested this unknown male could possibly be an unknown primate with a close genetic relationship to humans and giant apes. Could we be dealing with a species of its own? Some researchers believe the Sasquatch itself to be a human cousin or brother, and I'd agree with this theory. The fossil record, though, is full of holes. We can suggest, theorised, surmise, what these early hominids did when they walked the earth, what they looked like, what their hair was like. But we don't know if they mated only with their own species or if they intermingled, so to speak. Humans and Neanderthals interbred. And I'd suggest that other hominids did too. The strongest of those individuals continue to breathe. Earlier, I gave you some examples of witness descriptions that fit the standard norm, you know, what we expect to hear. But as I stated, not all reports I receive fit those moulds. And as I share the next reports with you, listen to the description given and see what mould you would fit the creature into. And I would suggest a close link with the Adarpis, even if only in description alone. A childhood experience, 1966. I was a child of five back then. We'd recently moved to a place in the countryside. A new house, new friends of a similar age, new school. We played all day during our, you know, days off from school until the sun went down. We fished and cycled and climbed trees, climbed hills. Every day was an adventure. We used to go to a small flat plain by the river and we could make as much noise as we liked out there away from prying eyes and adults, or so we thought. On the other side of the river, there was a large, steep bank. It was heavily wooded and overgrown. The first event that at the time went unnoticed, really, but now I feel is important, was the stone throwing. Stones would be thrown and they'd land with the thud close by as we sit together. We all blame one another. You know, who else could it be? No one else was even out there. But this happened so many times, it just became a game. We even started throwing them back in the direction of the trees. And then the stones would be much larger and they would be hurled. And we should have been able to see the person throwing them. As the weight of them meant a human would have to be much closer to land those stones in the river. I think it was to stop us coming to the area. But I didn't put that together until much later. And we honestly viewed it as a game. The next event that stood out was the night runner. As we were gathered in a group on the grass about 10 metres from the river, it had gone dark and we must have lost track of it. As we had to be on the river, the vibrations and we braced for its collision with this heavy running thing. But then the sound just moved past us and it moved away heading towards the river. It was too dark to see, but it sounded as though it jumped the river. There was a break in the vibration of the running and then a faint rustle, but no splash. We didn't question who or what it was for a long, as we had no idea who could that be out there. You know, who's that heavy? Who's able to run like that? We were kids. 
It was just another strange event at our playground. In hindsight, that was probably another scare tactic to keep us away. And again, we did the opposite. One day, I was on the opposite side of the river. My friend pointed at something at my side and shouted, What's that? I looked around behind me and something darted away quickly. And it was dark under the trees and there were bushes hiding. So I couldn't make out anything clearly. My friend described what he saw as small and hairy and not human. And for years I believed it was an alien. This thing must have been watching us playing our games for years and years. Listening to our screams and shouts, it would have permeated the wood as we played. Until one day, it suddenly appeared close to us on our side of the river. And we stared at the creature. It had long, wispy hair running down its back. And as it crouched waiting and hoping for acceptance, my friend was afraid of it. He wanted to go, but I persuaded him to stay. He only wanted to play, I told him. But I was afraid to be left alone with it. He asked what it was, but I had no answer for him. It kept its face hidden, despite all my efforts to see it. And when I reached out to touch the silky hair on its back, it moved away quickly, and it repositioned itself back into a crouch. We tried to play with it. We'd throw pebbles for it to catch, or we'd hang from a branch of a nearby tree. Nothing took its interest. Occasionally, it would move a short distance, by half extending its legs and then repositioning them back into a tight crouch. And after a short, awkward few minutes, it just left, wading across the river on long, slender legs that had been tucked away within its crouch. Its hairy back above the waterline bent as it waded. It took two or three steps on the far bank and was gone. There was no scrambling up the steep bank, no wrestling with heavy foliage. It melted into the foliage. We were relieved it had gone. We just stared in the direction of home, slightly shocked and just set off. We agreed not to tell anyone back home and just keep it to ourselves and just forget that it had happened. One night we were playing down by the river. It was nearly dark and we needed to be home. The other four children had gone on ahead of me and I was the last to move from our place in the long grass. I moved quickly to catch up with the others, and after a few steps, I came up against a massive shape. There were no obstacles in the area, so I surprised me that something was blocking my path. It was difficult to see what it was. I was right up against it. It was hair, long and thin and wispy. I had to peer around the shape to see firstly how wide it was, then to see its hands hanging at its sides, slightly lower than my line of sight, hands bigger than I have ever seen. They were very large and very human. And then looking down, I saw that there were toes just visible in the poor light, poking out from the hair. On realising the mass had limbs, feet and hands, I looked up to see the head, but there was just nothing but darkness. A face slowly came into view as it looked down. The first thing I noticed was how small the face and head was compared to the body. I saw a strange face looking down at me with a look of amusement. Amused, a child looking up in shock, I don't know. It looked almost human. And there was an expression, so there was thought behind the eyes. But none of the facial features were identifiably human. The eyes had round irises and pupils. 
I didn't notice the nose or the ears. The mouth was just like a gash, like a pug-faced, ugly dog. Then I was looking into the darkness again. The head must have swung round very fast, so fast I didn't even see it move. And then it came back into view, this time from the right. The head moved very smoothly, without any movement of the body, similar to the head movements of an owl. I watched the face through the gloom for a few seconds, and then it must have gone with darting speed. The head turned to train its powerful eyes behind it. This must have been the point when my friends were talking amongst themselves. That head returned and stayed down. The eyes were enlarged to reveal two huge golf ball size eyes. I think they were green eyes. The eyes were so big at first, I thought he must be wearing thick glasses. A child's mind trying to make sense of this being. Time had stopped moving and my mind was spinning in turmoil. It must have sensed it was exposed because after glancing behind it, the expression changed from a movement to disgust. It wanted me to flee so it could flee without being seen. The skin on its face was thick like pig skin, which hampered any expression. The brow slowly knotted as the skin on the brow formed into creases. The mouth was rough and jagged, without lips, and it was large for its small face. The expression faltered between amusement and annoyance, as if it struggled to articulate its emotions. Or maybe it couldn't decide how to react to this situation it had made for itself. Its brow contorted into a frown and the mouth began to sneer. The face was not appealing. Its main purpose seemed to be to carry the eyes and provide a portal for food to enter its body through its jagged mouth. It wanted me out of the way and that was my cue to remove myself and get to the safety of my friends. I moved past the mass and moved quickly along the path, not daring to look back in case it followed. On meeting up with my brother, I told him someone had just blocked my path and he turned back to see who was there. He grasped my arm to come with him but I refused and I hurried away in the direction of the others in our group. They asked me what it was that had just barred my path. I could see it in the poor light. My reply still confuses me to this day. I told them I didn't know what they meant. I wasn't lying. I genuinely believed, even after 30 seconds previously having told my brother a different story, that nothing happened. They asked me repeatedly for days until it began to feel taunting and I gave them the same answer. Nothing happened. It took me decades to remember these memories and even now I question if I really saw what I saw. I know it was real as it happened when many of us were together. In 2018, there was a very large conference arranged in the United States and it was held in Texas and was attended by many well-known cryptozoologists. During one dinner, a gentleman from Germany reached out to one of them with a story of his own to tell. When the gentleman was a child, he was confronted by an incredible sight at home one day in his apartment building. The German citizen wanted to report an event that had happened to him when he was a child. Sadly, due to the location of his report, he wasn't taken seriously and nobody made a note of the details. In fact, most of the visiting cryptodes dismissed the man instantly and his story as they decided 
There are no cryptids in Germany and none in the world that fit the description of what he saw. Luckily for me, one of the men at the table did take time out to speak to the man and he sent the details straight away to me and BBR. The details are scant and they took part in the Black Forest when the man was a young boy. He said he was in his bedroom on the third floor and a big hairy creature came to the door that looked into its room. He said it was standing on the balcony just watching him and he described it as having a flat face and it was covered in white hair everywhere. It had thin arms and legs and no trouble scaling the walls of the building. After watching the child, the unusual creature jumped off the balcony with ease and ran off into the forest. He said he saw it on the ground running fast away from the apartment block. Now, I have no idea why this one's story was not good enough for a well-known crypto, you know, an expert in his field. I don't understand the non-pursuit of knowledge, other than fear, really, of proving your own hard-pushed theory wrong. I'm the opposite when it comes to collecting other people's truth. As I know, not all reports fit the mould. And that theories, although welcome, it's merely conjecture. I do feel that through years of research, misinformation and well-forced opinion, we have come to believe we humans know everything there is to know. Not only about the subjects of cryptids, but in our knowledge of the natural and supernatural worlds. When in reality, we're just one colour on a spectrum. Sometimes we are blind to the vibrance that emanates around us. We only look with our eyes when we should be examining and exploring every shape, colour and texture that our world has to offer. No matter how scary or life-changing the event, we need to look with ourselves deeper into the rabbit hole. I hope I've left you with something to think about tonight, something to mull over until we meet again next week. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in tonight. And thank you to the folks in the chat who were there every week. And to the folks who listen in the future. If you've enjoyed tonight's upload, please consider subscribing to my channel. Or give BBR Investigations a like or a share. It helps us grow. And thank you to JR for expanding my thoughts on my knowledge base. Good night, everyone. Leftovers. Or...
the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.